If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings, welcome to the Golf Betting System podcast. This is our 2023 Players' Championship and Kenya Open Tips podcast. Paul Williams joins me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selection for this week's PGO and DP World Tour action. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Steve. How are you doing? We're all right, mate. Very good. Good. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit BeGambleAware.org for more information and, of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous golf betting system website with our in-depth betting previews. Previews for both the players and the Kenya Open this week, of course. They're in the description box. Strokes gained analysis for the players. I'm going to go a little bit into that later on. Um, it's all free of charge. It's mad what we give you guys. Tournament form statistics is combi course plus current form stats where the two emerged. And, of course, we've got both PGA and DP World Tour predictor models. All of these features, like this podcast, are completely free of charge with no paywall. Paul is at Golf Betting on Twitter. I am at Bamford Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where this podcast is available, along with my weekly golf betting show. I managed to get that up yesterday, Paul, the golf betting show for the players, and we've almost got a 1,000 views already, and we're recording this early on Tuesday. So mm. if you haven't ever watched the golf betting show, just go to, just go to YouTube, Try, type in Steve Bamford Golf, you'll find the show. Now, you guys as listeners power this podcast, so we need your five-star reviews on Apple. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. Warning, this is the last one that we have. So if you don't write us a review, there won't be any review section for next week. Right, this one's entitled, Get Off the Fence, Five Stars. (laughs) The legacy of this podcast, question mark, the gift that keeps on giving. Three top gentlemen, well qualified to guide you through your paces and narrowing the field. And so much more, including life tips. Five stars in any case, and that's all uh, all the best. And that's from Wills Crow 33 and he's in the United States of America. Lovely stuff. Thank you very much. For, Get off uh, the fence. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, not sure we sit on the fence, do we? Not really. That you've got to have an opinion in this game. Spade. I think if you, you've got to have an opinion in this game, and uh, you know, if you're wrong, you're wrong. And invariably, 150 players in a field, you're going to be wrong far more times than you're going to be right. But yeah, it's nice to get one right every now and again. Perhaps we'll get one right this week, Steve. Difficult event, I always think, the players. Mm. Yeah. You yeah, could make a, you, you could make a Cali. Valid case for four, what, 50, 60 players, and then you're going to get some that will just pop up anyway, like <laughs> Aniban Lahiri at 1,000 to 1. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, try plucking that one out. What I will say is, I mean, Smith last year, 33 to 1, Lahiri 1,000 to 1, Paul Casey 70 to 1. Year before that, Justin Thomas, 20 to 1, fifth favourite. Then you had Lee Westwood at 80 to 1. Bear in mind Westwood the week before he finished second at the Arnold Palmer. Mm. You had Brian Harmon at 200 to 1. Now you are getting crazy prices contending with market leaders. Yeah. 
Rory McIlroy, 14 to 1 second favourite in 2019. He beat Jimbo Furyk, 125 to 1, who had an absolutely stellar Sunday. Mm. Eddie Pepperell at 300 to 1, and Johnny Vegas at 175 to 1. You know, it's just craziness. Yeah. That's the design of the course, though. It's it, it's basically whoever plays best on the on the on the week. You know, you can be a bomber, you can be Jim Furyk off the tee. Whoever plays best, you know, wins the tournament and contends in the tournament. And that's that makes it even more difficult, I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah, not one you can pigeonhole as to a certain type or a certain style of player that's gonna gonna compete and contend. Adds to the intrigue, I think. We'll have a go, won't we? Mm. I'll tell you what I was going to ask you before we start. Can you just mention to the listeners, because it's going to be a packed show, can you mention mm. to the listeners our 2023 Bet365 sponsored majors competition? Because we're going to have a lot of new listeners this week. Yeah, we will. Yeah, it's, we've, we've got a good couple of hundred entries so far, um, which is good for this stage because um, some, some people, of course, want to leave it as late as possible to make a to form an opinion as to who's going to win the majors. Um, some people like to dive in the second we open the competition back at the end of December. Anyway, yeah, dead simple. It's a one and done. We want four names, four different names, one for the Masters, one for the PGA, one for the US Open, one for the Open Championship. Um, get them over to us uh, via Twitter, via the Facebook group. There's a uh, dedicated thread on the Facebook group. So you can see everyone else's uh, entries if you want a bit of inspiration. Um, you can email it to us. Uh, and basically, yeah, we want four names. Um, we'll keep a little leaderboard of how those four players fare for the respective major that you've picked them for uh, in terms of their dollar earnings for that particular major. So if you pick the winner at the Masters, you'll get well, circa $2 million as your uh, as your reward, effectively, as your, uh, as your points. Um, and we'll keep a leaderboard. At the end of the uh, Open Championship in July, we'll... Uh, announce who the winner is the winner gets 150 pound or currency equivalent second place 75 third place 25 pounds um, so uh, so yeah free to enter uh, get your entries in dead simple a major basically a majors one and done yep absolutely we'll mention 30 seconds about last week I had Scotty Scheffler I was always uncomfortable on the basis he was win only. And I was also uncomfortable on the basis that all of the other guys I put up each way, even though Fowler played well, started well anyway. Jason Day had a mad four holes on Friday that did for him. I think he made a triple on a par five. Mm. Could, and that's the trouble. As soon as you make a, 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 a huge error like that, very difficult to catch up. He grabbed the top ten. I, I knew that clearly he wouldn't get into the top eight because that's what I needed. Yeah, and Scheffler just came one short. Fair play to Kirk Kitayama. I think I read that he was the last the last player to do this was Victor Hovland at Puerto Rico. He made a triple and still won the tournament. Yeah. Well he made a seven on Saturday as well, didn't he? At the what was it? The the par five fourth, I think it was. Um so seven on Saturday, seven on Sunday, which is a triple, mm. as you say, and uh, yeah, managed to hold it together, which if you look back at his recent past um, you know, I remember him playing well at the DP World Tour Championship, and then um, he was—he well, wasn't really in contention, but he was in, you know, on the first page of the leaderboard going into the final day, and then shot an eighty-one. Um, well, he's like a Ben Ann kind of character <laughs> back then, was he? Well, yeah, and then uh, Pebble ben. Beach. I mean, Pebble Beach is probably more 
pertinent because he was second after 54 holes there and then then shot a 76 and again drifted all the way down the leaderboard so so seeing him right in the mix this week he could have been forgiven to think well you know kitty arm is there and yeah it's nice to see him at the top with 18 to go but these guys are just gonna gonna steam past him but it didn't happen he, he held it together which well, for him, it's a huge win. I mean, an absolutely massive win. Perhaps it's the perhaps it's the dollars that were being dangled in front of him, which uh, galvanised him this week and got him over the line. But yeah, impressive. I still haven't forgot Ben. Ben, <laughs> my friend, Arn. The amount of feedback we got last week for the post-it of Doom. They want that to become a regular monthly feature, so uh, <laughs> we'll have to do that. I'm sure there'll be some additions over there the next few Might be an addition or three this week. Yeah, well, Bryce Garnett after last one. Oh, know. Bryce Garnett! Don't even start about him. But the, to be fair, the selections were so out there last week in Puerto Rico. When they turn absolutely boobs up, it's no surprise whatsoever. Yeah, I would never have picked out Nico Echeverria as long as you know, as long as I was sitting at a desk, really. Well, no, off the back of four missed cuts, which... The one that got me and the one that I'd been thinking about for weeks that I then ignored at 5am last Tuesday morning was Michael Kim. So he'd have got me out of jail with the each way. So, you know, that's mm. where I start slitting my wrists when I look at my P&L at the end of the year. And I have decided that for these ridiculously poor alternate events moving forward, I'm going with a new strategy... A right. very low <laughs> out stake stra- strategy ongoing. Very, very low you, exposure. Yeah, you can you can you can waste forty points over a year on these ridiculous events. So I need to stop that, and I need to stop it quickly. Mm. So that's what's happening at the Corrales next time. <laughs> I yeah. I will get a shortlist and make sure the shortlist is the, are the of the two players that I actually genuinely yeah. think we'll get in the mix and forget about all the others. Yeah, yeah, now I can see the I can see the logic with that. Just uh, yeah. And then of course the one that you last crossed off the list will be the winner. <laughs> that happens every week. But anyway, you can say that every week. Right, okay. There was no DP World Tour action. We have it this week, but clearly the players takes centre stage. I, I actually thought Bay Hill was an excellent tournament last week. Yeah. I've heard the usual moaning about, you know, there weren't enough birdies and even Rory McIlroy said, "If do you, you know, do you genuinely think that's what people want to watch on a Sunday, where the leaderboard's only changing through bogeys?" But you know, we, as PGA Tour regular viewers, all we want to do and all we want to see are tournaments that are slightly different from week to week, month to month. We don't want to see thirty-three under par winning every single week. So no, I don't mind no. it. No, I can almost hear Barry's away again this week, but he should be back next. I can almost hear Barry saying that we need this differentiation. We need to need to mix it up with the, you know some weeks where we're grinding and some weeks where we're making birdies. Otherwise, otherwise it just gets a very, very plain and very predictable kind of kind of sport. Not that it's easy to predict the actual results, of course, but yeah, it's nice to mix it. Up. I thought it was good. Yeah, I agree. Good to see something different. Players Championship. The bookmakers have gone to town over here in the UK. We're actually kind of seeing, and it's a precursor to what we might see at the Masters. <coughs> Coral have gone. 12 places each way of 50 odds. 
Clearly their prices are great, but you are getting the opportunity to get an each way place from second through to 12. That's amazing. That is record breaking at the players. Uh, their partner website, Ladbrooks, are giving you 10 places each way of 50 odds. But don't forget with Ladbrooks, you also get the opportunity to bet to boost your odds within the uh, bet slip. So that's another thing to note. Fact of the matter is, though, if you want the best odds this week, it's pretty clear looking uh, this morning in terms of bookmakers and the very best odds for the players. We are, again, we did this a few weeks ago, we're highlighting Bet Victor. They are offering standout prices on popular players with market best odds, which you take at five places each way according to the odds term, so the old industry standard, but you're getting best odds. So as we record this podcast, they are offering market best 25 to 1 on Xander. I had a good think about Xander. 33 to 1 on Will Zalatoris. They're hanging out there. They're probably the only firm hanging it, hang, uh, hanging it now. 40 to 1 on Tom Kemp. 80 to 1 on the machine that is Chris Kirk on Bermuda Grass this season. Or 100 to 1 on last week's winner, Kirk Kitayama. He's as short as 50 to 1 with Betfair Sportsbook. New Bet Victor customers get a bet £10, get £40 in free bets and bonuses when signing up through Golf Betting System. You can find details about their new customer promotion plus a link through to that very offer plus T's and C's in the podcast description. So you can cut it whatever way you want. 12 places each way with Coral. You've got 10 with Ladbrokes. You can have your standard industry uh, odds terms with BetVictor, but you're getting some cracking market best odds. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like the ability to be able to mix and yeah. match. Yeah. It's nice to have a choice. Absolutely. Right. The stadium course at TPC Sawgrass for the Players' Championship it's located slightly up the coast from where we were last week at Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida. So we're a bit further north. And that comes across in some of the agronomy. Course itself, 7,256 yards. It's a par 72. It's a Pete Dye original. There's been various renovations. He did one in 06. He was also um, involved in the one that they did most recently in 2016, which was Steve Wensloff um, headed, but he was involved, die. They've changed it since then as well. They made it a drivable par four on the back, which no one was going for. So they've extended that back to um, as kind of still short, but not drivable par four. Yeah, the risk and reward element didn't work. Course type clearly, it's a Florida golf course. When I say that, what do I do, what do I mean for uh, irregular golf punts as well? Seventeen, yes, you heard that right. Seventeen of eighteen holes have water hazards. You make a mistake here, you're wet. It's a mid-score golf course. It's it's a very controllable golf course. I mean, last year was a shambles, let's be frank. It was nothing to do with the organisers. It was all, all to do with the weather gods. Cam Smith won at 13 under. It was The integrity of the tournament was taken away by the weather. It, it yeah. was ridiculous. It took about 17 days to complete. Yeah, um, Justin was... Thomas was 14 under the year he won, and 2019, Rory McIlroy at 16 under. That's what I mean by mid-score. It's going to be, I reckon, 15 to 17 under wins this week. But you've got to be able to plot your way around here. Um, it's also a short golf course. So within our variable, 
we have a, within our predictor model, we have a short variable for players that go well on short golf courses. Because like everything, some players are great on long golf courses, others can't play long golf, long golf courses, but they're better on short. So it's just good to see over the last five years who's done best on short courses. Right, agronomy. Fairways, celebration Bermuda grass overseeded with champion fine rye. The same with the rough. The beauty of the rough this year is, though, they've upped it an inch, Paul. Right. Oh, three and a half inches quoted. Okay. Thicker rough. Ouch. Greens. Might bring, the, uh, might bring the winning score down a little bit. Well, I don't know, mate. I think they've seen the weather forecast because it's pretty calm. Hmm. So if the weather's not going to be, to, you know, if the players can take advantage of the weather, what do we do? Well, we'll just we'll leave the rough a little bit longer. So we'll give them an extra inch of rough just to keep the integrity of the golf course. That's what they're doing, yeah. I think. Greens, 5,500 square feet. This is important as well. Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass, but of the overseeded variety. Now, this wasn't the case last week, but we've got the, we've got the overseeded with Poa Tribulus Greens. This week. So Tiff Eagle Bermuda is sitting under this Poa Tribulus carpet. That effectively makes the greens just a little bit slower. There are lots of stop offs there now, though, on the PJ Tour that are using this overseeded with Poa Tribulus green tech, if you like. Basically, they need to, because if the frost gets to these greens, it kills them. Yeah. And because we're in North Florida, they've still got those kind of cold temperatures in the morning. Um, off the top of my head, these are the same greens that we've seen for the last couple of years at Phoenix. They're, the, they're definitely the same greens that we've seen uh, regularly at the PGA West American Express event. Mm. There will be others I've missed. I might actually add into my previews ongoing um, just a list of courses that relate to green surfaces. Yep. Yep. Why not? Eh? I don't see it anywhere else. Mm -hmm. um, fairway widths, 30 yards wide at 300 yards carry. That compares to 33 yards wide at Bay Hill last week and 25 yards wide at PGA National. So they're a little bit wider than uh, the Honda Classic venue, PGA National. Look, though, I mean, it's hard, isn't it? Justin Thomas won at... He's won the Honda Classic. Rory McIlroy's won the Honda Classic. They've also had second and third place finishes there. Um, it's clear with uh, McIlroy, he's got a love affair with Bay Hill. He was second there last week. He's won there. He's got a fourth there, a fifth there. Justin Thomas, until it was a... Um, designated event last week never wanted to play there now whether that was part the fact that he didn't want that as part of his schedule or whether the fact that he's always said part of his career he doesn't want to play on courses he know he can't he know he knows yeah. he can't contend on mm -hmm. i don't think he's a bay hill fan personally and he got in the mix last week and then kind of disappeared so you can you can use florida form as as, as a definite positive, in my view, but it's not absolutely essential. I mean, Cam Smith didn't have a top 10 at either PGA National or Bay Hill, and he won this last year. Yeah. So you can't just say, no floor reform, he's out. 
Um, correlating courses mm, on top of those. I th- for some reason, Kapalua's all over this like a rash. Smith had won at Kapalua, then he won this. Justin Thomas, as we know, is a two-time champion at Kapalua. He's also got a number of third places there. McElroy, I think, has only played there once, finished fourth. We've also got Sony Open, Paul. Cameron yeah. Smith's won the Sony Open, and so has Justin Thomas. So, you know, those two Bermuda grass tracks at the start of the year, they definitely correlate. Camps, uh, all of them have got decent enough form, or at least top tens at Torrey Pines. There's something also about St. Jude, where they play the FedEx Cup St. Jude now. Yeah. Cam Smith had finished fifth there. Justin Thomas is a winner there. Rory McIlroy has had a fourth and a seventh there. It's, it's probably similar in terms of difficulty and challenge. It's, yeah, I it's think not, so. not, not a pushover, is it? Past 70, isn't it? Tough. Yeah. Different yeah. greens, I think. I don't think they're Tiff Eagle there. They might be Ultra Dwarf, but yeah. Uh, it's, you know, champion, I think. But yeah, it's... Yeah, um, champion, you've got to... But yes, You're arguing uh, over mere detail. But yes, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's no gimme and there's plenty of water on that course. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you want a list of Pete Dye designs, I do think that this favours players that have got a record on Pete Dye designs. The main ones to look at are TPC Stadium, PGA West, where they play the American Excess, American Express even, since 2016. River Highlands, the Travellers, Harbour Town, RBC Heritage. There's worse looks than Austin Country Club, the WGC Dell match play. I mean, Kevin Kisner's done well here. We know that Kevin Kisner's a Dell match play specialist. Mm. He won't be after next year, then, Not after no. this year. Um, and also, one that does get overlooked, but Cam Smith was all over this like a rash, and even Justin Thomas had had a top five here. The team event, TPC Louisiana, Zurich Classic of New Orleans. That's a Pete Dye design. It's a par 72. It's not overly long. And it also has these Poa Trivialis overseed greens. Mm. Yeah, and there's some older form of that when it was uh, a straight uh, stroke play tournament as well, isn't there? Webb Simpson. I can remember Webb Simpson almost winning there. I think it was the year Bubba won. I think Mm. he was in a head-to-head with Bubba. Yep. So, yeah. Winning prices. I'm only going to take you through the last three since we've moved. Don't forget, this has moved from May to March, and I, I much prefer this now. It's a natural stepping stone to the Masters, which is only 30, three, zero days away. McElroy was 14 to 1 second favourite. Justin Thomas, 20 to 1. I think he was fourth favourite. Cam Smith, 10th favourite, 33 to 1. But like we said, it, it, don't be surprised to see clutching at straws and not mentioning any I've tipped up don't ex- don't don't be surprised if you see Max Homer in a head-to-head fight with Ben Griffin <laughs> it's just madness now I mentioned the strokes going t- uh, strokes gained analysis we do Paul yep there's a link in the description box I think people should use it more and more and more it's free You've done an, an amazing job. Basically, you collect all of this data. We've built a functional page that's fantastic on both laptop and on mobile. And you can sort all of the different skill sets. 
So off the tee, approach, strokes game, ball striking, around the green, putting, strokes game total. So you can see in one quick glance who has performed best in this field going back to 2016 at TPC Sawgrass. That's mad and it's free. Mm. We must be crazy, Paul. I'm tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the listeners through the strokes gained total top 10. And when I say top strokes gained total top 10, these are players that have played more than one renewal. Yep. 10, Hideki Matsuama. We said off mic, Hideki Matsuama at 80 to 1. I didn't think I'd ever see the day, but it's here. Mm. Yep. I think there's something with Matsuama in here on the basis that he's fantastic with his approach. He's a great around the green game when he hasn't got a bad neck. And actually, these greens aren't pure Bermuda grass. They've got this overseed top. So I yeah. think that helps him more on the putting surfaces. Yeah, and no, I can see that. And his, I mean, his price, yeah, he's missed his last couple of cuts, hasn't he? But well, was it, it, yeah, he got top 10, didn't he, um, earlier in the year? Torrey mm. Pines, was it? Feels like the kind of form where he wins the Masters. Yeah, yeah potentially. <laughs> Nine is Keegan Bradley. So don't forget, strokes gained total since 2016. Eight is Corey Connors. Seven is Will Zalatoris. Mm. Six is Tommy Fleetwood. Does feel like his kind of course. Yeah. Adam Scott at five. Webb Simpson at four. Justin Thomas at three. This is out there, but it's true. Doug Gim at two. And he's played here twice. He's played eight full rounds. Number one. The bookmakers know this. Jason Doe. There you go. Strokes yeah. game total. Yeah. The way I've worked this through, I think there's... <clears throat> how do you put this? I've been trying to think about this all night. How, how do I put this? This golf course is so neutral, it takes away the advantages that golfing elite have in terms of the advantage of being able to bomb it off the tee and invariably just gain strokes from long driving. Yep. You can't do that here. It's one of these golf courses where pretty much everyone's playing to the same spot in the fairway. Even on some of the par fives. So it takes away the advantage of many of the elite golfers, which this day, when you look through the top, you know, top fifteen in the world, they all pretty much bomb it a mile. Mm. I mean, that stacks up with Justin Thomas and Cam Smith because Justin Thomas and Cam Smith, the weak parts of their game are actually their driving game. Yeah. So they're a bit of an abnormality in the in the elite levels. I mean, Rory's Rory. Rory, when he's at his best, just wins but the other thing with Rory is you look at Rory's record he's actually fantastic on golf courses where he can actually just tee down yeah Wentworth you know he's not the kind of player that has to have a bomber's golf course to win he can win on anything And I think that frustrates players, Paul. I think that frustrates a lot of the elite players in the world, like a John Rahm potentially, who just play this aggressive, off the tee, aiming for pins kind of golf. And it's once it gets to them, this place just ejects them. 
Mm. They either give up, think about the match play two weeks' time, or they just can't quite get their heads around it. And that happens to a lot of players here. It, in This golf course, in a way, almost makes previous form academic because there aren't many who just consistently string decent results here because it's it just ejects players that are slightly off on one of their skill sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if they literally start badly, it's oh, just, no, yep. I'm out of here. Just not catching up. You've got it. It's not a catch-up golf course, is it? No. I think there's also something here about players that arriving here are confident with their irons and they you've got to have a around the green game here. I'll verify that. Um, I still th- there'll, there'll be people out there that think uh, you know ball strike you know if, if my man has a top ball striking week he'll win here. Mm. If I just look at this and compare it to other courses, strokes going off the tee. This is the last three winners since we've gone to March. The average position of those is twenty seventh for strokes gained off the tee. Now that's virtually unheard of on the PJ Tour. This is really and this is why you get such good correlation with somewhere like Sony Open Wireline. That's very similar there. Off the tee is pretty meaningless. It's about approach play. It's about manage yourself when you miss greens and missing them in the right spots. Uh, The difference here is with the players, and this is another weird thing. As I said, it's such a neutral golf course. Um, Thomas and McElroy won here with a fantastic uh, tee to green game. They were first for tee to green uh, when winning. Then you look at Cam Smith last year. I know the weather was an abnormality. He was 35th for strokes going tee to green. You rarely see that on the PGA Tour, if at all. But of course, he was first, and I would have thought he was first by about, God, by a country mile strokes going putting. Yeah. Just could not miss a putt. No, no. He was leaving himself 30 foot, and you just know it was like a bucket <laughs> in. Just, yeah, holding everything. Oh, he's going he's gonna to make a bogey here. Nope. 33 feet away. Bang, in. It was mad. Mm. So there you go. I mean, that just tells you everything you're dealing with here. You can you can have a red hot putter and win, or you can have tee to green excellence and win. But when I say tee to green excellence, I think it's more about the approach play and the around the green game. When I look at how important around the green game is here, it's definitely within the top five courses on the PGA Tour. Yeah. Similar to what we're seeing at Cophead next week, actually, at the Valspar. Around the green there is very important as well. So, yes, I like players that have got a track record on shorter golf courses, on uh, Carolina golf courses. I don't think it's a bad co- uh, um, look either. Players that can play well on a quail holler, dog legs, play well at Harbour Town. Uh, even somewhere like Sedgefield Country Club. There's a lot of carryover between the Wyndham Championship and this. Mm. Henrik Stenson's won both. Webb Simpson's won both. Um, Davis Love the third. So, yeah. That's where I'm at. I've gone for five. Oh, I'll tell you what else I can take you through. I think strokes going around, around the green is so important here. Smith, Thomas... McElroy, Simpson, all ranked in the top 45 for strokes gained around the green, arriving here. 
By the way, they all also ranked in the top 10 for scoring average that season. So there's another little look for you. Mm. Here's a list of players that don't rank in the top 50 uh, Top fifty for strokes gained around the green this season. You're, you're going to be shocked by some of the names. Scotty Scheffler, Jason Day, Colin Morikawa, Ricky Fowler, Tony Finau, Sam Burns, Xander, that name got me, Will Zalatoris, Gary Woodland, and of course, the one and only, and I mention him all the time when it comes to actually having to have a scrambling game on tough major championship golf courses, Victor Hovland. Mm, a few fancied names in there. Victor Hovland in the final round last week at Bay Hill lost over two strokes around the greens. Yeah, still a weakness. Big weakness. Right. How many have you gone for, Paul? I've no idea as ever what who you've gone for or how many. I've backed And where four where are they kind of roughly? I've backed four this week. Um yeah. two two mid, two um two three figure prizes. Right. Week. I've said to you, I've said this to you, I probably said this three weeks ago. Rory McElroy wins this 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 yeah, week, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. I know you've been hot on him for this for a while. I, I was hoping that you'd snatch a twelves and he was actually priced up because some firms like Paddy Power had a had a market up for this. They've had it up for weeks, anti-post. He was 12-1 to for this, even on Friday last week, and then he started playing well. Mm. I've just I've just taken 9-1 to each way. So I've got nine places each way, William Hill. These were the numbers that really got me. This is, this is his off-the-tee and approach play at Bay Hill. Splits. Thursday, he was 95th off-the-tee, 52nd for approach. Okay, Friday, 26th, 42nd. Saturday, 4th, 38th. Sunday, 7th off the tee, 14th on approach. I think he ranks in the top five so far this season for around the green game. Let me just check that. I hate giving... Oh, yes, 4th for strokes gained around the green. Mm. He's 8th for strokes gained on approach. He's second for scoring average so far this year. He's got eight victories on Bermuda grass greens in his career on the PGA Tour, which is the most of anyone in this field. And, you know, we've already, we've already spoken about his Florida record. I don't think that, I don't think in my mind, I know Rory won it way back in, what, 15, the world match play. I think he sees the match play as something he has to play at and he wants to get out there as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah. I'll get that. Um, I think if he want if he wants to peak and he wants to win before the Masters, this is the week. I think it will be a hundred percent focus all in. Let's build the momentum. Yeah, and I can see your logic. I mean, if you go back to last week um, after the first oh yeah, after the first round, you know, half of the golfing world had given the tournament to John Rahm last week. After- <laughs> After he opened with a seven under, and Rory was what one over two over, I forget now, but he was way off the pace, wasn't he? And, 
Um, I think that, you know, that shows a certain level of resolve to get himself back to a point where he could quite reasonably have won that tournament. Um, you know, things that have gone slightly different at the end. If Kitayama hadn't held it together, he'd have been in a playoff. Um, and you take your chances from there. So, so yeah, perhaps he is moving to you know peaking uh, towards this week. I, I haven't backed Rory, but I can you know I, I can see wholly where your logic is coming from with that. The other one for me that it was a toss up between Justin Thomas and Patrick Cantlay. I've gone for Cantlay. I think Cantlay could win his biggest tournament to date this week at the Players. Mm. Bear in mind, this is a guy that's won the 2021 Tour Championship. Of course, he won the FedEx Cup to boot. He's won twice on Jack Nicklaus's Memorial Tournament. And he's won the BMW Championship twice on the trot in the last set of FedEx Cup playoffs. Now, he wins big tournaments, but ultimately, to this point, has disappointed in majors. I think this is a natural stepping stone for Patrick Cantlay. And his play this season is going completely under the radar because we've all become obsessed with um, John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, Max Homer's playing goal from the gods. No one is talking about Patrick Cantlay. But he's playing some amazing stuff right now. He's ranking second for birdie average, ninth for scoring average, and second for bogey avoidance. I love bogey avoidance this week, Paul. Yeah. Really useful yeah. stat. Mm-hmm. People that do not capitulate. Again, elite goal for psyche. Players that, are ha- that they just know around here, this hole is a par hole. Aim for the 30 feet from the pin, make a par, and then you know don't shoot at pins that you shouldn't be shooting at. A lot of this is mental, a mental game. Yeah, patience. Patience, mentality. The other thing with Patrick Cantley, fourth last week at Bay Hill, I heard a lot of chitter-chatter last week, oh, Patrick Cantley can't play in Florida, never wants to play there, can't play Florida golf courses. And then turns up at a designated event, he has to turn up at, never been there before, just plots his way around a very, very quiet fourth place. Had an opportunity to win it on Sunday. You look at his Pete Dye form, it's amazing. Ninth, second, ninth at the stadium course, PJ West. Third, seventh, third and second at Harbour Town. That second was last year. 14th, 7th, 11th, and this is the one I really like. First, last year, with Xander Chauflet at TPC Louisiana on greens that were exactly the same as these. Mm. He was fifth at the Corn Ferry event way back in the past, which they used to play next door to here on the Dyes Valley course. And he started well here in the past. He's been seventh, fifth and seventh. That was his first crack at this back in 2019. Oh, 2018. Yeah. Uh, and then he was first, second and ninth, 1836, 54 holes the year after. 2020, when we all were about to get locked down in our houses, he shot an opening round six under 66 to sit fifth. <clears throat> Excuse my croaky throat. Um, yeah, I just love Cantler. Love him. He can play this course. He can plot his way around. Mm. Managed to get 18 to one. He's been backed in from that. But yes, 
there was a little tiny bit of early 20s that had gone Monday morning. If you're on him at 20 to 1, that's a great price. Yeah, again, he played well last week, so it's not lost on punters. <clears throat> From that point on, I've got a 40 to 1, a 50 to 1, and a 125 to 1 chance. Do you want to slot him? Yeah, um, we, we do have one in, in common, but the one we don't have in common is uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, who I've backed at the 35s. And uh, I think Matt's, again, you talk about players peaking. I think he's coming into some form right now and certainly seemed very buoyant on social media after his 14th place finish last week. He was fifth at the halfway point, so kind of in the mix again. Um, 29th before that in Phoenix, and he closed with around a 65. That will give him a lot of uh, confidence as well to see the uh, see the ball uh, dropping that particular week. And to go back further, um, contended at the Earth Course, the DP World Tour Championship. He was second into Sunday there, um, finished fifth. Uh, you talked about Kapalua. He contended in Kapalua. He was second to Sunday. Um, and again, uh, just drifted down a little bit on the Sunday, finished seventh overall. Uh, you don't need sparkling form here, and you touched on it in your preview, but it does have a top 10 here, finished ninth back in 2021. And uh, yeah, I think he strikes me as the kind of player that um, could, well, you know, he should should enjoy this. It isn't overly long, the course. Um, it, it plays to his strengths, I think. And when he's playing well and uh, when he starts putting well, he can uh, he can be, well, as we saw at the US Open, he, he, he can contend and win um, these elite level tournaments. Um, I, I think Fitzpatrick is a great each way shout. Um, and I say, I, I picked him up at 35 to one for this. Uh, the other one I backed, and we do have them in common, so I'll, uh, I'll, I'll mention him and then I'll let you. No, you go through it. <laughs> yeah, you've probably got far more uh, far more words than me, so you can top me up. But yeah, we've both backed Tom Kim at 40 to one. And you and I have been talking about Kim for this for a week or so. And he just fits like a glove, doesn't it? I know it's his first time, um, but you can say that about a lot of the events that he's um, turning up to. And that's not stopped him winning the Wyndham. And again, you mentioned the Wyndham a few minutes ago. Yeah. Um, as having some correlation to this. Um, it won the Shriners. And the, these shorter, these more stringent tests really should suit him, shouldn't they? Yeah. Um, we're getting, we're getting 40, 40 to 1 because the last three weeks he's not really beyond, been... We've not really been featuring. I wouldn't say he's not been on his game. He's not really been featuring at the top end of leaderboards. But um, I don't think those courses particularly suit him. I think this is much more up his alley. So uh, yeah, I'm happy to take him at forties. And uh, yeah, so I know you've uh, you've backed him too. Well, Phoenix and the mayhem that happens there. Your first try there. Well, <laughs> Riviera. I mean, that is a proper specialist course. You're going to need to play that a couple of times to get to know it. It's like yeah. Augusta, isn't it? Yeah, you know, people thinking Tom Kim's going to, you know, get to Augusta and rip apart a nine thousand eight hundred yard. In reality, <laughs> it's just not going to happen, and that won't happen. But yeah, and even last week at Bay Hill, blowing a hooli too long for him, played all right, didn't he? And this is the point: he's not exactly missing cuts. He's still finishing no, no. in the mid thirties, isn't he? Yep, yep. I think this is the perfect spot for him. Yeah, no, I agree. He's 13th for strokes gained on approach, 23rd for strokes gained around the green, and 4th for bogey avoidance so far this season. Mm. Perfect numbers. Yep. So, yeah, Tom Kim. 
fits it very nicely. But fascinating to see how he goes on debut here. But um, yeah, even so, I think he's, uh, you know, as an each way punt again, I think you, you can reasonably expect him to be uh, to be featuring. He's a very strange player with the putter pull. From 10 to 15 yards, he's deadly. Uh, sorry, 10 to 15 feet. <laughs> feet, feet, yeah. And yeah. 5 to 10 struggles. If he mm. if he's having a week where he's actually making those seven eight footers for par, we're in yeah. we're in a good spot. Yeah, or birdie. Yeah. Even well, this is the point with his approach play. It could be eight feet, seven Absolutely, feet for, yeah. for birdie. Yeah. Yeah. This guy always misses the cut when I'm on him. If I didn't put him up and he won, I would jump out of my office window and break my legs. You know, probably fracture a pelvis. <laughs> But he will miss the cut because I'm on him. So I'm just warning everybody. But he just he, he sucks me in on a tough oh no, on a tougher track. I know I know he was like eighty or ninety to one last week at Bay Hill, and then he's he's ruined everyone's week by finishing like a train and not getting an each way place, but destroying his price. It's Keegan Bradley. I just did you see that? I mean, this was crazy. Did you see last week that Kurt Kitayama now, with that victory, that amazing victory last week, has jumped in? And yes, you know, it's early, blah, 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 blah. But we're seeing crazy times on the PGA Tour. He jumped into the top six automatic spots for the Ryder Cup, for the yeah. Team America, with that victory last week. Oh, yeah. That's how crazy this has gone now. It literally is going to be form from this year and big tournaments that gets you into those top six spots. You're going to get some serious players for the Americans that need a pick. And Keegan Bradley's right in that fight, mate. He's seventh to qualify right now. Yeah, and he yeah. must know in his heart of hearts that if you put Keegan Bradley up against Tony Finau in the Ryder Cup, Tony Finau is going to get the pick. Yes. So yeah. Keegan needs to be in a position, if he really wants to get into that Ryder Cup team, he needs to be in a position where they cannot pick him. Now, I'm not suggesting he needs to be in the top six, but if he's in seventh or eighth place going into that ranking selection, yeah, he's got well. to be, they just cannot get rid of him. Yeah. No, I'll get that. <clears throat> and he's playing some... Marvellous golf right now. Absolutely marvellous. He's finished 16th, 29th and 5th here last year. He was 150 to 1 last year. And the thing that I noticed with him, I watched his round on Sunday, a lot of his round. It's the putting. He's just putting so well. I know there's a 77 in there at some points, but that might not be this week. He's one of the very rare people in this field. He's got a top five finish at all regular Florida PGA Tour events. He's finished fourth at the Honda Classic. He's finished second and third at Bay Hill. He's finished second at the Valspar, the Cophead course. To throw, you can also throw in two top eight finishes at the WGC. They used to play at Doral down in the Miami. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm a... Don't, don't, you know, as I say, he's likely to miss the cut because I'm on board and he always misses the cut when I'm on board and then contends when I'm not. Um, but yes, I, I, had to, I had to put Bradley in there at 50 to 1. 
My final tip is 125 to 1. Uh, where are you at, Paul? Yeah, I've backed um, I've backed two former champions actually at three figure prices. Matt Cucho, I've backed at 125s. Um, I think Kucha's playing some nice stuff actually. Seventh at the Sony again. You talked about the Sony earlier as, as being one to look at. Definitely. Um, eighth at the Genesis, which was another one of these elevated events. Uh, won this back in 2012. Third in 2016. Just outside the top 50 in the world, Kucha as well. Uh, if you take a look, 61st, 62nd, something like that. Uh, and other than the uh, the Players Championship this week, he hasn't got any entries to any of the other big events. He's got no entries to the um, to, to any of the four majors at the moment. So he needs to focus big style over the next few weeks. There's another cutoff for the Masters, uh, April the 2nd for the top 50 in the yeah, world. Yeah, when the world so, match play ends. Where, yeah. where is he in the world, Paul? Six, I think it was 61st, 62nd, something like that when I looked. So he's, so, yeah, so if, and we've got no idea, no one still told me about these these live players in the match play. No. So he if, if, if Liv aren't playing, he's literally holding on with his fingernails to keep into the match player. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's, uh, he's he's right in that bubble, isn't he? And one big event, one big week from him here um, would, would get him inside that top uh, top 50 or thereabouts. So, uh, yeah, a lot of, lot of uh, reason for Matt Kujar to give it his all this week. Um, the other one I've backed is Webb Simpson. Um, who again won this? He won this back in 2018. Uh, three more top 20s I knew here over the years. <laughs> well, the price 140 to one. Um, there was 200 out there first single oh, one though. Absolutely, yeah. He's he's been backed as is Kuchar. Both have been backed in quite considerably. Uh, 24th last week, but that was his best finish since last June. Um, and there's a, a, there's something starting to percolate with him. I think 66 in the third round of the Honda. There's only a couple of players better that particular day. Um, 66 in the final round last week. That was tied best round of the day last week at Bay Hill. Mm. Something just starting to, as I say, percolate with Webb Simpson. So for a former win, 140 to one. I just, I, I, I didn't see any of the early prices. Um, I missed all of those, and uh, yeah, he got backed in massively. But 140 still out there. Plenty of places offering three-figure numbers with massively extended each-way places this week. So. Far worse each way bets than Webb Simpson, I think, this week. But yeah, that's my two. So, that, yeah, uh, Matt Fitz, Tom Kim, Kuchar, and Simpson are my four. I've gone for a player of a similar ilk, you know. Mm. I think veterans, plotters, veterans, you know, Jim Furyk a few years ago with, with Rory. Now, I'm not suggesting this individual goes in a head to head battle with the winner because I don't think that's going to happen. It's Ryder Cup year. There are players, especially... I mean, it's true now. It's true in America. It's true for Team Europe as well. There are opportunities with people disappearing to live. There are opportunities beyond players' wildest dreams that they can get into the Ryder Cup this year. Danny Willett. It's no surprise. You know, Danny Willett's playing some great stuff. I wouldn't be surprised you know, if Danny Willett goes well this week. You think about it. Approach playing around the green game. It's his approach irons are a lot better this year, and we, he's always a master around the greens. Yeah, I think Willett's got a chance to get in the mix. This week is massive for Team Europe because there is an absolute bundle of OWGR points. OWGR points up for grabs. 
We saw Justin Rose a few weeks ago in an absolutely disgustingly bad PGA Tour field win at 25-1. to He stamped a card to Luke Donald to say, I want to pick. And, you know, you can you can almost hear it in September. I've Justin Rose, he's a veteran. He's won on the PGA Tour this year, the, the toughest tour in the, on the planet. Francesco Molinari, if he wants to play at the you know at the venue which is just outside of Rome in Italy is home rider cup he needs to start doing something and there've been signs haven't there yep 54 hole leader at Abu Dhabi the 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 DP World Tour elevated event that started the year he finished fifth that kind of blew his wheel I he he hadn't been in contention for the lead a long long time no, before that happened been. No. And it blew his wheels off. Missed the cut in Dubai. Does Phoenix suit him? Not sure it ever will. Riviera now. He lives in Los Angeles now. I I, I, I said to you guys, I, if, if Frankie had shown me anything, I might have gone for a longer each way punt on him at Riviera because it's pretty much his home track now. Missed the cut. But the thing with Frankie is he's always had a great relationship with the East Coast when it comes to America. And he likes playing in the Sunshine State. And then last week, totally under the radar, no one's talking about him at all. 69, 70, 70, three rounds. That's 70 on Sunday. Again, you just mentioned Webb Simpson. That was on Sunday. He was in the top 10 Sunday scorers, Molinari. He finished 14th. If he wants to get in the mix for a Ryder Cup captain's pick, Francesco Molinari... Bear in mind, I know that he's got entries to all of the majors, but come on, with with reality, Francesco isn't going to be contending to win the Masters in a few weeks' time. It's not going to happen. Oh, I know he was in the final group and leading in 2019, but that was a different Francesco Molinari. That was a Francesco Molinari who believed he belonged at the top level. He was a major winner. Mm. I don't think he's that far along the line at the moment, but I think that Francesco has got a great shot this week to get into the top 10 at a course he absolutely thrives on. Ninth, sixth, seventh, and sixth here already. He's actually up 40 spots in the world rank. He's up to 123rd. I don't know what a huge week might do. Imagine if Francesco Molinari finished fourth. And they're throwing out all the libsters. Mm. If he could yeah. get into the mid-top 70s in the world ranking, he's probably going to be playing the um, world match play in a couple of weeks. That's what's fine. on offer this week to Francesco. Mm. So, yeah, 125 to 1. I've got eight places each way with Treble 8. I wish I could have got 10. Um, I think you might need every single one of those spots, but I'm on at eight places, so he's likely to finish tied ninth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Molinari at 125 to 1. Got to go well at some point, Francesco, or otherwise it's Arrivederci to the Ryder Cup. Keegan Bradley, at least he'll be a commentator for, for Sky that week if he doesn't make it. We know that. Uh, Keegan Bradley at 50 to 1. Tom King at 40s. Patrick Cantley at 18s and Rory McIlroy at 9 to 1. That's the Players' Championship. Looking forward to it. I'm yeah. sure by the middle of Thursday... I'll have wished the tournament had never started. <laughs> it's one of those, isn't it? Patience, Always mega, Steve. mega. Oh, I never mentioned the weather. I, 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 I don't see in the forecast a lot of wind. So hopefully, there's no draw bias. 
away you go, chaps. Do your best. Yeah. Don't see a lot of wind. That might change, of course. Mm. Yeah. Right, on to the Kenya Open. Yes. Yeah, let's try and rattle through this in 10 or 15 minutes. Um, I know we're getting on in terms of the length of the pod. Um, but back to, back to earth with a bang, I suppose, isn't it? After the DP World... Uh, after the Players' Championship, um, the, the field, as you expect, is going to be way, way down because all of the elite are over playing in, uh, playing at TPC Sawgrass. And they've managed to just about cobble a, uh, a field of 156 together. Um, it <laughs> did a touch and go with it. That actually gets to 156, but it appears they've got there. Uh, Bob McIntyre, Robert McIntyre, um, well, he opened up as a favourite at 14 to 1. He's drifted a little bit. He's joint favourite now, 18 to 1 best price with Antoine Rosner. Adrian Aus, 25 to 1. Adrian Ategi, 28 to 1. Oliver Becker, 30 to 1. Um, Julian Brune and uh, Rafa Cabrera Bayo, 33s. Uh, recent winner, Marcel CM, 35s. Last year's winner, defending champion Ashan, Ashan Wu. 35 to 1, 40 to 1 bar those players. That just gives you a flavour of the kind of field that we've got assembled here this week. So not dissimilar to what we've seen in the likes of India and Thailand and Singapore over the last uh, few weeks on the DP World Tour. Ball sports have gone eight places each way, a fifth of the odds as their standard market this week. So well worth a look. And of course, we do have the Bet365 each way extra proposition running on this event too. So again, you can choose 8, 10, 12 places um, depending how you prefer to play your um, golf betting. Full details of that, of course, on my preview this week. The course, we're northeast of Nairobi this week. We're at the Muthega Golf Club. Um, it's a 7,228-yard par 71. It's an old-style Parkland kind of style track. Uh, nearly 100 years old. Dates back to 1926. Lakes, ponds, trees, all of that kind of malarkey to keep the players honest. Very speedy bent grass greens for the DP World Tour. They claim to be the fastest greens in East Africa here at Muthega. Um, and particularly when it's uh, firm and fast, which is kind of what I'm expecting this week. Now, Nairobi sits around about 5,000 feet above sea level. So we've got altitude this week, shortens the track. In reality, I think that makes this uh, play like a, a more short, fiddly style layout. 7,228 yards at 5,000 feet of, ele of elevation puts it kind of 6.8-ish, 6.7, something like that in reality in terms of the, you know, the true adjusted yardage. So it's not long. Um, and it's uh, yeah, certainly one that isn't going to just appeal to the bombers and only the bombers. So well worth bearing that in mind. Uh, also worth bearing in mind, the stats this week, um, this Kenya Open, well, it's been on the DP World Tour. It's also been on the Challenge Tour. It's also hopped between venues. So we've got this venue, Muthega, and also the Karen Country Club, which has hosted the Kenya Open in the past. So these are all noted on this week's stats pages if you're taking a look. Just for reference, 2009 to 12, 2017 to 2018, and last year, 2022, were all here at Muthega. The other ones were played elsewhere. So do bear that in mind when you're flicking through the stats this week. As I say, it's all noted on the relevant pages. Not saying that, I wouldn't completely ignore the Karen Country Club 
um, form because it does share a lot of the same agronomy and topography. It's you know it's southwest of uh, Nairobi rather than northeast, but um, other than that, it's you know it, it's not a dissimilar track. So um, yeah, don't just completely disregard it if you're flicking through the data. Anyway, give you an idea of uh, course winners. Gary Boyd on the Challenge Tour back in the day, two thousand and nine, won this at thirteen under. Robert Dinwiddie the year after, twelve under. Mikhail Bothmer, 2011, he won at 14 under. So very similar uh, winning scores coming through here. Seve Benson, 2012, 10 under. Then there was a break. Aaron Rye won, 2017. That was at 17 under. That's the deepest the scoring's got around here. Lorenzo Galli in 2018, 11 under. And of course, last year on the DP World Tour, Ashen Wu won this at 16 under. That was a four-shot four victory, so next best was 12 under. Ashen Wu was a 60-1 shot. So the winning scores don't tend to get out of control here. Um, the weather forecast this week suggests, to me, a similar kind of winning score, I think, kind of in that, well, the borderline between what you'd classify as a technical tough test um, and yeah, approaching mid-score, so maybe 12, 14 under, something like that. Um it's going to be warm and sunny. The temperature is going to be in the high 20s um, centigrade. So that puts them in the mid 80s in terms of Fahrenheit. But the wind does pick up here in the afternoons. We're seeing 15, might even see gusts of 20 miles an hour at times. And I think it should be fairly firm as well. So I think it's going to be a decent test. I don't think the scoring is going to get out of control. Um, if you flick through the data, we only have one year's worth of stats uh, one year's worth of skill stats to go on but we do have traditional and strokes gained data from last year's uh, Kenya Open um, here at Muthega of course if you've only got a sample of one year I would you know be careful with it I wouldn't wouldn't take it as gospel um, things can change but if you look at last year everyone was driving 320 yards plus and that's with the altitude of course Ashen Wu, now Wu's not a long hitter by any stretch, but he averaged 324 yards off the tee. Um, 324 yards ranked 63rd in the field of those who made the cut. So. I'm going to go over there and play some golf. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think you and I might actually make 300 yards if we... Exactly, uh, can you imagine? If we can hit one straight. Mm. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, in terms of driving distance, yeah, not not a consideration this week. Um, Wu was 14th for scrambling, first for putts per greens and regulation and old money. Now, if you look at his strokes gained stats, that may give you a better idea, really. He was fourth for strokes gained approach, fourth for strokes gained tee to green, fourth for strokes gained putting. So um, good approach game, good tee to green game, um, had a good week on the greens. And I think... Personally, I'd veer towards that as being the kind of blueprint for this, particularly when you see the names like Galley and Aaron Rye in the, uh, in the picture for previous years on the Challenge Tour as well. Um, in terms of incoming form, Woo, well, he'd finished 30th, miscut 42nd in his last three starts. That kind of explains why he was 60 to 1 in a similarly kind of levelled field. Before that, though, he had finished 12th in Abu Dhabi, which, as you mentioned earlier, is one of the um, elevators, one of the Rolex series events on the DP World Tour. So that was in far, far stronger company. So there was enough there to, to dig through and infer that he was playing some decent enough golf earlier in the year. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's, you, as I say, 
not a great deal to go on in that respect. You, I don't think, just don't put all your eggs in one basket in terms of how um, last year panned out. I personally think it's going to be a fairly stringent tea to green test is kind of how I've um, inferred it for this year. Anyway, in terms of my picks, I've backed five this week. At the top, I've got to stick with Antoine Rosner, 18 to 1. Um, I backed him in Thailand last time out. He finished in the tie for fifth, got me some each way money. Uh, and for me, I think he should have been um, chalked up as the clear favourite this week. If I look at uh, Bob McIntyre, he's incoming form for this. 20th, 39th, miscut, 57th, 37th. He was chalked up as the 14-1 to favourite this week. I hardly inspires a lot of... Uh, uh, well, anything really. And um, for me, as I say, Rosner should have been the, the clear favourite for this. Sixth in Singapore before that effort in Thailand. Um, one in Mauritius in December. Now that was a really impressive effort. Second for strokes gained approach. Third for strokes gained tee to green. First for strokes gained putting. Everything that I want to see in correlation with Ashen Wu last year coming through in the stats this week. Um, he won that by five. If he repeats those kind of stats this week, then I think he wins this by five. Simple as that. 34th here last year. Um, he was in nothing like the kind of form that we saw last year, um, or that he's in at the moment um, last year. I think he's um, he's playing much better. He's putting much better. I think he's got a great chance of capturing that fourth DP World Tour title this week, Antoine Rosner. So Rosner's in. I've also near the top backed Adrian Arnaus. I've got Arnaus early at 33s, generally 25s now. He's been nibbled in a bit. I think, you know, perhaps he will be the biggest challenger to, to Rosner this week. Um, and he seems to enjoy these sharp, short Parkland style tracks. Um, second at Carron Country Club, the other course that's used for this um, back in 2019. Uh, we lost out to Guido that week, um, but uh, you know a lot, lot of water under the bridge since that point. Eighth here last year as well, um, closed with a 66 12 months ago. Now since then, he won in Catalonia. Um, he started this year in really positive form as well. 13th in Dubai, again, that's another Rolex Series level event. Sixth in Raz Al Khaimah, missed his cut last time out, but um, that's kept a relative lead on his price I say relative because of course it's um, you know a relatively poor field he's up against as well second for strokes gain putting in Dubai seventh for strokes gain approach and seventh for strokes gain tee to green in Razal Khaimah so all the aspects of his game that I want to see are firing and again we talked about world ranking 86th currently in the world and if he can put a good few weeks together then ahead of major season perhaps he can get himself into the into the picture one way or the other uh, some mid prices after that. Jaden Trey Shaper. Um, I backed at fifty to one again. A little bit nibbled into forty fives. Now, if we look at previous winners like Aaron Rye, um, I think you know you, you could find some metronomic type players. And Jaden Shaper is absolutely along that kind of uh, along that kind of build as a player. Um, sick for uh, driving accuracy for the season today. Ninth for greens and regulation. Of course, with players like that, they do struggle with the putter a little bit at times. But um, yeah, he's returning to bent grass greens. South Africans bent grass greens fits much more, um, you know, much better than the uh, the Paspaluma or the, um, the the Bermuda greens that they've been playing you know, largely up until now. So um, I think he should like the uh, setup here. 
Uh, 17th in Thailand, 13th at the Indian Open on his last two starts. He seems to be edging towards that first professional victory, which I think is going to come sooner rather than later. Birthday next week, 22nd uh, birthday next week. I think he could be celebrating um, on, on Sunday ahead of that next birthday. Um, similar price or same price, actually. He was 50 to 145s now. Marcus Kinhole also backed. Um, he'd shown some form in the Nordic circuit last year when I backed him here. He finished eighth there when I backed him um, and uh, he went on then. He finished third in Qatar on his next start. Similar kind of idea this year because he's been off again back to the Nordic circuit over the last couple of weeks. Finished 11th and 8th in his last two starts. Um, seems to kind of, I, I don't know, perhaps he's one of those momentum players who needs to go and get that um, you know, positive feeling, playing well in you know, a lower level to, to really kind of get his juices flowing ahead of heading back to the uh, DP World Tour. Had worked last year, say, finished eighth here. Um, played well the last couple of weeks on the uh, on the Nordic circuit. Perhaps that will set him up nicely for uh, for this week. Uh, but has played well recently in the DP World Tour. Sixth at Valderrama in the autumn. Um, eighth at the Dubai Desert Classic again earlier this year. Another strong bit of form relative to the rest of this field. Twelfth here back in 2017. Eighth, as I say, last year. Um, decent each way chance I think I think for Marcus Kinholt uh, and the final one I've backed is Angel Hidalgo Portillo who <laughs> opened at 110 to 1 I backed him at 90s 66 to 1 he's been very very popular Angel Hidalgo so far this week and I can see why really um, great each way chance I think um, he arrived here last year with very little DP World Tour experience. He played maybe four or five events over the course of his career. Opened with a pair of 68s. He was fifth at a halfway point. Finished 17th overall, but um, you know, he was still learning his trade at that level um, back here 12 months ago. Since that, well, before that, two wins on the Alps Tour, one on the Challenge Tour. Certainly getting closer at this DP World Tour level as well now. 15th at the Sudal Open, 8th at the Gazoo Classic, 4th at Valderrama. Shot a 63 in the second round at Valderrama. Very impressive, that. And all three, three of those tracks are shortish, bent grass-based, uh, with bent grass-based greens. So similar kind of setups potentially to what we're going to see this week. 8th again at the Dubai Desert Classic keeps popping up in my analysis. So hopefully that correlation is good. Tenth uh, last time out at the Indian Open, he looks ripe for a uh, a contending performance, I think, and potentially one who can sneak into an each way place um, at decent um, each way money. That's my five: Angel Hidalgo, Marcus Kinalt, Jaden Trace Shaper, Adri Arnaus, and Antoine Rosner at the top of the list. Now, I know you've had your head in the players for the last couple of days. Did anyone in Kenya pick or pique your interest? I don't really understand why I can still get 33 to 1 about Rafa Cabrera Bayer. He mm. reminds me very much of um, to, uh, Tio Bjorn Olsen before he won a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, how many? He's 30, you know, 10th at Abu Dhabi, 13th Ras Al Khaimah, um, 5th in Thailand. I genuinely think that this top 10, um, if you can finish in the top 10 of the race to Dubai, you get a PGA Tour card for next year, don't you? Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. <clears throat> now, you're not telling me that hasn't turned on the likes of Olsen, Marcel CM, you know, old pros. And I, I could see Cabrero Bayo 
Um, it's interesting. You just look at where he's won. He's won in Austria. He's won the Scottish Open and he's won the Open de Spagna. Now, I would presume that those were uh, bent grass greens, all three of those. Yeah, yeah, most likely. I think that, ben, that ben Span- Bar, Open de Spagna was around Madrid, wasn't it? The one that mm. John Rahms won. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think thirty-three to one about him. Clearly, um, he may well. I try not to swear. He may well um, blow up on Sunday. Blow up on Sunday. Yes. The other one that just interests me slightly, <clears throat> I didn't realise until you know you scan down, don't you? <clears throat> Coral, seven places each way, eighty to one. And this guy's just been. He's been. Discarded by Liv. Justin Harden. Mm. Yeah, Clearly, first and second on the other course. Clearly likes playing in these parts and he's got to start rebuilding his career. He's taken the Liv money. That seems to have gone now. He's got to play golf somewhere. Mm. He was 12th in Abu Dhabi um, going into Sunday. So it's not as if... And, and that's the thing with someone like Harding, yeah, he's off three miscuts, but getting back into Africa, getting him on bent grass greens, might just pop out at 80 to 1. Yeah, no, he's, you know, if you look at some of the names and, uh, you know, the, the players that have performed well at higher levels than this, um, you know, DP World Tour levels, but, uh, you know, in better quality fields, mm. Harding certainly uh, certainly sticks out a little bit further down the list. At some point, he's going to have to, you know, he's clearly having to rebuild. And where's mm. he going to play his golf if, you know, he's a professional golfer? Does he really want to drop back to the yeah. Sunshine Tour? Or you know, he wants to be playing international golf? So, you know, this could be the start of that rebuild. Yep. Yeah. No, consider logic. So, yeah. 33 and 80 to 1, Cabrillo, Bayo and Justin Harding. Very good. I think we're done. We are indeed. I hope your bets go well. Yeah, you too. Best of luck. Um, I hope the listeners' bets go well in their DraftKings teams. We will be back next week. What have you got next week, Paul? It is this, the SDC Championship. Um, on, it's one of these co-sanctioned events on the Sunshine Tour. Okay. Uh, St. Francis Lynx. I'm going to have to do some research. Well, right. A bit of seaside golf in South Africa. Yeah, potentially. Nice. Haven't seen that for a while. Hmm. I've got the Valspar Championship, so we'll be back for that. See you again soon. If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more because it's the golf betting system the golf betting system is the golf